morning, everybody. Swadi kap, pajawapon kap. Say hello and God bless you guys. Um, it's uh, always a, <laughs> a privilege to be here. And not like I've said before here, I used to make fun of grown men that cried in public when they spoke. And so it only makes sense that I do the same, right? So be careful, young men and I guess older men, what you do and what you make fun of and mock, I guess. So, <clears throat> so if you're making fun of me right now, I pray that you will cry in public as well. So, no. <laughs> I think I might have even said that last year. So, but it works when it's once a year, I guess. So, but uh, yes, we're here from Chiang Mai, Thailand. Uh, my family and I, we have lived there since 2011. We, uh, little Esther, she's in the, the little extra blondie in the front there. She was born in Thailand, and for the first few years of her life, she thought she was Thai. Unfortunately, now she, I think, prefers pizza and french fries as much as her Thai food, so where Elise is basically just Western food only, pretty much. She's proud of herself. She brags that she eats some kind of curry soup at her school, you know. It's like, well, I don't think it's really like the Thai food, but we'll let you believe that, Elise, so... But Esther is seven years old, Elise is 13, and April and I were in our late 20s. So uh, <laughs> as you can see, I, I, I could tell you, actually, um, maybe I said this last year too, but uh, anyways, <laughs> actually I've got my notes from last year, where are they? No, but um, there was a pastor in, an, uh, in Tennessee, and he was talking about, man, Stephen, I don't think you've aged at all. And then he said, well, maybe that's because you look like you were 40 when you were 25. So... <laughs> And I, I could not disagree with him. So even if he wasn't the pastor, I still couldn't disagree with him. So, um, yeah, we're in our late 20s. And, uh, no, April and I, we uh, just, as Pastor Scott has said, we went on a, a wing and a prayer. But it was the Jenkins that were our uh, biggest cheerleaders. And uh, we continue to thank God for... Scott and Patty, and uh, you know, things are not always smiles and, uh, you know, smiles and victories and running up and down the aisles of life, so to speak. You know, it seems like on the mission field, the highs are really high and the lows can be quite low, and uh, having <clears throat> having you guys pray for us and support us, it really does mean the world to us. So thank you guys. But uh, this morning I want to talk about, give you guys some updates and testimonies. And But I wanted to, the title of my message is Jesus the Revealer of the Father as the Burden Lifter, the Burden Remover. Why did Jesus come? He came to reveal the Father. He didn't come to reveal himself. And so from one father to another, say happy Father's Day to you fathers. The uh, people that God's called us to, uh, <laughs> if you guys could start laughing, that would really help me out here. <laughs> Um, 
the, uh, the people that God called us to reach and teach are the people of northern Thailand. We live in Chiang Mai, the little orange pretty arrow there. That's, uh, it's the city of Chiang Mai, but Chiang Mai is also a province. So it's kind of like New York City, New York. And uh, Thailand is on the west is Myanmar, or also known as Burma. On the east side is Cambodia, north of uh, Thailand is Laos. And then a little farther north of there is China. So, and then a further east is Vietnam. And then south is Malaysia, the large Muslim country. But in northern Thailand, it is, uh, well, in Thailand, it's Theravada Buddhism. And that places a very large burden on the people. And the reason, I mean, yeah, multiple reasons I'm... Uh, so moved is I just think of the, the burdens that the people have in, in Thailand. We have burdens here, right? The pressures of life, maybe even, can I say it, consumerism. You know, that's what we say when we say keeping up with the Joneses, right? There's pressure. Uh, I'm a man. I got to do certain things. I got to look certain ways. I have to be successful, and I can't let it be known that I'm a failure, right? That's a pressure. That's burden. And so, the longer we've been in in Chiang Mai, the the better we've gotten to know the pressures of the Thai people, of that Theravada Buddhism. Uh, <clears throat> we can learn a language. Well. My wife can learn a language in a couple of years, and I can uh, act like I know the language in several years, but uh, <clears throat> one can learn a language in a, maybe a couple of years, or if you're really exposed to it in a high degree, you can learn it in even a several months, even something as crazy as Thai. But to know what's really being said behind it is another matter, Right? Um, who was I talking to? I think it was yesterday. Somebody said they learned English and they, they learned the, sin, the, the phrase, oh, bless their hearts. We know what that means, right? In the South, you're an idiot, basically, right? So, but I look at it in the dictionary. It doesn't say the, the person you're talking about is an idiot. No, it says bless, you know, really extend something to them. That's grace and heart, the pumping organ, right? But... So, we have, we have uh, you know, uh, gotten to know our Thai friends better and better and, and knowing the, 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 the challenges and the pressures and the burdens that they face. And then they have the idea of what we've come to do. And so, the Thai people, they're, they're scared of us, right? I mean, wouldn't you be scared of me? I mean, look at me. No, I'm just kidding. But... Um, <laughs> So <clears throat> Thailand, just to give you kind of a, a broad overview of, of what Thailand is, it is uh, <clears throat> about 200,000 square miles in size, and I put 50% larger than California, but I think it's actually 20%. I can't blame that on Andy. That's not your fault, Andy. So. And so it's about 20% larger than the state of California, population 70 million, so it's about twice, almost twice the population size of California. Uh, nearly, I mean, basically 90% of the people are Buddhist or ethnic religions, and then 
down south towards Malaysia is where most of that 8.5% of Islam is and then 1.8% Christian. And many of those Christians are actually in the northern part of the country. And the reason why, you know, sometimes we hear the term, those people are unreached, the Thai people are unreached. When a people group is less than 2% Christian, they are considered unreached. That means missiologists and people far smarter than me um, figure once a people becomes 2% Christian, they have the ability in and of themselves to reach their own people. And so God's called us to the, the Lana people of northern Thailand, and they are, they are even less reached than the Thai people, like the Thai Thai people. And our friend Pibang, she is, she is Lana Thai. And so that's just sort of a brief overview of the country that we live in. Thailand actually means land of the free or free land. And so they've never been colonized. They're the only country in Southeast Asia that's not been colonized. So they might not be the biggest people around, but you don't want to mess with them. They probably will know Muay Thai, and they'll take you down in a hurry. So um, they, they know how to fight for what's, what's important to them. And what's been important to them is the tradition of Buddhism. Theravada Buddhism is so superstitious. You know, you don't get your hair cut on Wednesday, it's bad luck. So guess where all the foreigners are at on Wednesdays? They're at the barbershop. Not me, okay? I do. This beauty right here is done by myself, okay? <laughs> Nobody can take credit for it but me. So the, um, the scripture verse, I guess we need to get to that. So is Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And just before this, uh, this, these three verses, Jesus is talking about how he came to reveal the Father. Talking about the Father. The Father's given me these things. Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father as the burden remover. And so this, this instrument, if you will, of this philosophy, it's more almost a philosophy, the Buddhism. This, this philosophy that basically all this bad karma is, out, is, is so overweighing to you, you have to do enough good karma to outdo the bad karma. And you can kind of, when you think of karma, you can almost basically think of sin, because the cycle of sin. And Jesus is the only one who did not have any karma. He did not have any sin. So he's the only one that can remove that from any of us. So the Thai people are trying desperately on their own to lift this weight off of themselves. And we, they'll, they'll buy a bird in a cage and then go somewhere and open the cage and release that bird. And that's an act of, of good karma. But it's kind of ridiculous because somebody had to put that bird in the cage in the first place. So you just bought a caged bird. But anyways, they, they will, you'll see Thai people following a monk around, holding the monk's possessions. And that's that person's way of trying to earn some merit. And the most merit and the most karma you could ever do, you can't top it, is to build a temple. And that's supposed to be like automatic lock in to nirvana. So there's an ever-ending cycle of this. 
of trying to do enough good deeds to outdo the, the bad karma so you can eventually be reincarnated into, you know, nothingness, the state of nothingness or nirvana. And so this is a bondage. This is, this is a burden. And the poor people of Thailand are even, they're, they're under this burden. The, the, there's a class system. You don't, it's not something that is so specific like it is in India. But immediately when you meet somebody, how old are you? How, you, how you know, education-wise. And they'll even, they'll even talk about your weight. You know, it's like, oh, we had a Thai friend a couple years ago. She saw us. She's like, oh, you guys must have just come back from America. You look fat. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. Anyways. So they don't mind that. And they'll say, how much did you pay for that? And that's just the immediate thing. And there's even a way of, and it is a way of respecting. But if somebody's older than you, you have a certain word you put in front of their name. That's why we call our friend P-Bang, P-Bang. Her name is Bang, but P means she's older. And then if, you know, if you have somebody younger, you call them Nong. And that's just a way of, and that's also a respecting thing. But there is that. Theravada Buddhism is a mixture of Hinduism and Buddhism, really. And so there's the reincarnation, and then there's the, the earning of the, the good deeds and the doing of good deeds. And so uh, I think there's over 80% of Buddhists do not know a Christian. And so you guys saw the statistics. There's almost 90% of the people in that country are steeped in the Buddhism. And so they... Uh, they have ways of doing things and, and, and the culture. And it's taken us years to understand. Oh, wow, when we did that a few years ago, we really offended them or something. But uh, the way the Lord has really led us, allowed us to begin to reach and teach the people of Thailand is, the, is, is seeing how Thais don't really just step in and give you their opinion they they will wait to be invited and waiting to be invited is how the lord has allowed us to to operate with the thai people um, we have a two thai friends one of them had you know a house and so the other friend had not known this woman with the house so she's a guest at this woman's house and the way you do it in Thailand is you stand at the gate every just about every house has a gate and you stand to wait you stand there and wait to be invited inside the gate and then once you're inside the gate in the yard you wait to be invited into the house you stand at the house you wait to be invited into the house once you get into the house you stand and wait to be oh yes you can sit down that's completely opposite to us you know we love it when our friends come in and sit down and kick their feet up. Well, this Thai friend visited this one with the house, walks in, into the yard, into the house, sits down on the furniture, props up her feet on the furniture. And that's so rude. But she apparently the, 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 the guest of the home didn't really care or she was from a different part of Thailand where they're just a little more direct and in northern Thailand, you just don't do that. 
and it's really cool the way the Lord has allowed us to be invited into different things, and you guys have been so involved in that. We, we, uh, we throw out these words a lot when we come visit you guys, and I wanted to just have a few slides to show you guys this morning um, just to help you visualize kind of where we're at. But like I said, we live in that city of Chiang Mai, and in the village of Dong Gai is where we live, but you guys came on the scene and bought that land. You bought the land for us in Chiang Mai, in the city of Donkai. So that's where, that's where we live, and that's where we have a, um, our church plant is going there in Chiang Mai. And so when we were invited by Pibang and some of our neighbors in the, in the neighborhood to be residents of that, that's an extreme privilege. It's not like we just came in and said, we want to buy that land good boom no it was actually we were invited and you guys (laughs) purchased that land for us and then we built our discipleship center and home there and then we were further invited to build a library in the same village of 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 donkai and i've we've told you guys the story but that's when our friend pibang was like we, we need to reach these people. This is how we want to do it. We want to use English as a way. We're going to have a library, a community center. And nobody else wants to really rent property to the foreigners. So she knocked her house down, like literally like, like knocked it down. And she said, I've always wanted a house on stilts, and you guys can have the property underneath it. And that's what is the library. And so this is our friend Pibang. Uh, Pibang's on the right, in the middle is Lungpon, and then on the far left is Pinapai. Pinapai, this is the family that God has connected us with. Years ago, God said, one person, one family, one community. And the one person is Pibang, the one family is her, her family, and then the community is Donkai. And uh, uh, Pinapai, who graduated from university a few years ago, she's about 22 and she, helped, she runs the library. And they have, um, have English camps there, English classes, have kids from the community coming in and just learning English and as a way to connect. And we have teams that come in um, from the states. They'll come and do English camps and connect with the kids. And then Lung Pon, uh, he's, <laughs> he's all serious. But... Um, um, this is the family that God's connected us with. They live upstairs above, uh, above the property there. And so when we say Dongkai, that's the neighborhood in Chiang Mai, in northern Thailand. And so you can see their house above and then the library below. And um, you guys helped us build the library as well. And uh, for that, we just want to say thank you. Thank you guys for the, the property. And, uh, and so this next invitation that God's extended to us is um, extremely, uh, we are extremely excited about it. Last summer we shared with you guys how we have, we've been working in three church plants. Um, and two of them were in Dongkai. One was the Thai English church 
that we had going through our international church and then the strategic church plant that we've had going in Donkai. Believing God to see a church planted in this village of Donkai. We live probably a five to eight minute walk in Donkai from the library, from Pibank's house. So we're not like neighbor, neighbor, but we do live in the same, you know, village slash neighborhood. Neither word is actually good, neighborhood or village, because when we say village, you think, oh, okay, so you boil your water, you know, and you don't have electricity. No, I mean, you see the, the type of building, it's concrete building. We say village because neighborhood, it's, <laughs> I mean, Lung Pon, the husband, his family's from Donkai several generations back. And when family members pass away, they just maybe knock that building down and build a new one or they build on top of it. They don't always, you know, neighborhoods like this, <laughs> people don't always move away. Sometimes they do, but they're so small. I mean, the, the road is like the width from, from, my, from this spot here to the, the base speaker right there is basically like how wide the roads are in Donkai because they were built before cars were around. They just used uh, bicycles or walking or carts or horse-drawn carts kind of thing. And then there were motorcycles for decades. So it's, they're very small. Um, it's not like a neighborhood where you brag about all of the features, you know, the security and the, I don't know, pool and workout center and stuff. This is, these people have known e each other for decades, for generations. So this next invitation that, that, that the people of Donkai have extended to us, that Pibang and her family has, have extended to us is to build a church building next to this uh, building of the library, to actually build a church building. We have been doing that Thai English church plant with our, with our international church, and Pibang started coming to that service, and the Lord just really touched her heart in a new way. April and Pibang would go to a weekly Bible study, and they'd be going through the book of Genesis, and, you know, Buddhism doesn't have the answer for, <laughs> for where man, where humans came from. And so even just Pibang learning simple things like that just lit her heart on fire. And we could have told her, we could have put pressure on her to come to church. Pibang, we have this church, we want you to come. Years ago, we could have said, you need to come to a Bible study, and she would have done it. That's the scary thing. She would have done it, and we've seen it with other, not like we've, we're no experts. I mean, I know we look like experts, but, you know, um, we've seen it happen where the Thai people will do what you want them to do, but there's not a heart change. And as soon as the foreigner influence steps out, guess what? They go back to what they know. Or they might go to church on Sunday, and then they visit the witch doctor the, other, the rest of the week, and you just won't know about it. And so when there were times when Pibang would approach April and say, you know, I've got this problem, what should I do? You know what, the cultural thing to do is actually to call a monk out. You know what, that spooks me, right? And we weren't like, oh yeah, you know, go ahead, call the monk. No, it was like, um, what should we do here? 
And April had enough insight to say, you know what? If I tell her what to do, she'll come back to me again and again and need to come back to me again and again to know what to do. But you know what? <laughs> like your child, you eventually have to trust them. And we trust the Holy Spirit in her. So yeah, she did. She called the monk out when she was feeling like the, her place was getting spooked. But you know what? It didn't work, surprise. So you know what I mean? It's like, why would we forbid something? If God's really who he is, who we believe him to be, then why should we tiptoe around that kind of stuff? There was a, another time where the cultural thing to do in Peabang's situation was to go like for three days to the temple. And you know what? She actually went and she got dog sick. I'm talking like, well, don't need to talk about it, but <laughs> it's memorable, okay? So, so she's got that experience rather than April forbidding her. Well, the Bible says this, the Bible, and, and all of a sudden her framework for the Bible is what not to do. I can't do this, I can't do that, and guess what? I just, she would be overly reliant on us and feels like we cut her off from her family and all of those connections. Sometimes they'll go to the temple to do to pay respect to dead ancestors and that, that kind of thing, which, hey, it still kind of spooks me out, okay? You know? But we can't let our fear, yeah, it's easy for me to say this up front, but hey, we can't let our fear keep somebody from growing on their own or letting God speak to their heart like he's wanting to do all along, like maybe he's worked with you before you knew better. So, well, I say you, I mean like one, myself particularly. But so the, this invitation that we have received to build this church building next to our library, and you can kind of see on the, on the left side, right where April is standing, behind her is a wooden building. And that wooden building has since been removed. And that church building is going to go right there. And it's not a huge, you know, we say church building. Wow, how many are going to see? 350, Steve-O? No. Uh, it's going to be like 50 adults upstairs. And then uh, 30 to 40 kiddos can come and have their church in the library. It's like the perfect setup. I'd like to say this was, you know, we've had this plan all along, but you know better than that. So the the church building will be on stilts, and it'll be upstairs. And then the, the thing you do with ties is you eat together. And so we will have space upstairs and then the open space downstairs for after the church we'll have, we'll eat lunch. And this is... This is what we've dreamt of all along, but really, in a way, we never thought we <laughs> could have that. We were thankful for every invitation we've received, and now we have the invitation to build it, you know, Donk Eyes only church building. And it's not about a building. Obviously, we know it, that we are, you and I, as believers, as sons and daughters of the Father God, we are the church. But the Buddhists, they value sacred space. They value going and, and, and um, 
paying respects in a sacred place. We, uh, the, the international church that April and I have been a part of, you know, we started the Thai church there. And um, after Pibang was going to the Thai service for several months, um, we meet at a zoo. It's Night Safari Zoo. And the, the meeting room is actually probably about this big, if not a little bit bigger, but it's in the middle of a zoo. And so the night safari zoo is not too busy on Sunday mornings, so it's a good place to, to be. And one day, Pibang came to April, and she's like, April, I don't think Stephen and the pastor of the International Church, his name's Rob, goes, I don't think Stephen and Rob know that's not a church that they meet at on Sundays. I feel really bad for them. Because it's not sacred space. It's, you know, people go there to watch the giraffes and smell all that stuff. So, and really the Night Safari Zoo is actually just one street over from Donkai. And so when Piban comes, it's just a very short trip. But now, instead of it being just some general space that we rent, we will be worshiping in sacred space. And we will be worshiping in our own village of Donkai. But the cool thing is, is what really, what, what Pibang wants to do is to see people get their burdens removed in her own village. Rather than have to go somewhere to see it happen. They can see it for themselves. And this is our, this is our, um, you know, our biggest, our most awesome invitation yet. But you also, guys might know, maybe remember we have another church plant. And this is a strategic church plant going on in the city of Lampang. Lampang is about a two-hour drive south from Chiang Mai. So you can see it's in another little province there, just a little bit south and east. And Lampang is very rural it's where they don't really care about English. They don't have sometimes enough money to put food on their table. And so instead of using English as a way to connect with the people there in Lampang, you know, God's put on our heart to use agriculture. And there's some property that we have been building on, and we're calling it the Lampang Agricultural Project. Many of these young men in Lampang, they're addicted to alcohol because they have nothing valuable to put their hands to. And so Pibang's like, well, we got to give these guys something valuable to do. So we've, um, some of you might remember that little chicken coop we had in our old house a few years ago. We moved the coop to Pibang's property, her family in Lampang, and put the coop there. And there's maybe a half dozen chickens, and then there's five turkeys uh, there. And then you can see a little bit of the wall there that we've, that we've built. We've, we're raising money for this. To, to um, That wall was put around. It's about two acres of property. So it's um, a pretty decent-sized piece of property. And then we also put a building on the, um, on the property. The, uh, it's a building for the man that's um, watching the property. I think it's the next slide Andy I'm not sure if it's the next one or the previous one but it's yeah that we we paid to have that building put on there because you can't have animals out in the kind of out in the sticks as we like to say because um, thieves will either come or maybe even as we would like to say varmints right might come and um, take those little chickens away 
And so um, this is just a very kind of beginning stages, but we also want to put some uh, more chickens and chicken houses and some pigs so they can farm them to a level where they're actually, you know, selling the eggs at the market and things like that and feeding their family, feeding Peabong's mom and sisters. And this is... Um, <clears throat> This is a, well, you can see it on this property. You can see the wall a little bit in the background, go around in, go around the edge of the property. And in the middle of the property, of course, it's open space. And um, Pibang has a vision of having like little bungalows there for people like foreigners, you guys, ourselves, to come and visit and stay on site. And then maybe even one day uh, build a church building there. And um, and see that take place. We just before we left uh, Chiang Mai a few weeks ago, we were talking with Pibang about starting a Bible study in Lampang. Um, she goes there regularly. She has to take a bus. Takes her a couple of hours to get there. But the cool thing is, um, I think Andy maybe two slides back or one slide two slides back with the family that says Lampang. Yes. Um, this uh, woman on the far left, her name is La. La is the younger sister of Pibang. You can see Pibang in the middle there behind the, <laughs> the cheerful little girl in pink. <laughs> She's the cutest little thing. Her name, they call her, her nickname is Enjoy, like enjoy, I guess. So um, the Thai nicknames are basically priceless. I mean, who names your child Enjoy, you know? But it's beautiful. and uh, And so... One day, uh, La is visiting Pibang. Pibang's in the kind of the dark uh, navy blue and white shirt in the back, in the middle. And um, she's visiting Pibang actually at Pibang's house. And La's just not doing very well. And, um, and Pibang knows what La needs, but uh, she's going to invite her into her situation rather than maybe tell her what she needs to do and La is desperate for looking looking for an answer and the only thing she knows to do is to go and make merit at the temple but you know what you have to do when you go make merit you have to pay the monk you have to pay and pay more and Pibang knows that La doesn't have any money but La's like Pibang let's go to the temple I need to make merit I need to get some good karma to outweigh this bad stuff and Pibang knows she doesn't have any money, but she's still like kind of stringing her along. She says, well, you, don't, you know you have to pay money, and you, you don't have the money to do it, La. And she's like, maybe instead of that, maybe just come over here and read with me. And so Pibang's got her new Bible that she's so proud of. And by the way, you know, she's, she'll learn like one lesson one week, April and Pibang at the Bible study, and now Pibang's like, you know, she's an expert. You know, she just, and that's the way you want it. She'll share it with her family in Lampang. And this is how she shared it. This is how she invited La's burden to be removed. Is basically she starts to kind of thumb through her Bible. And the way they described it, Pibang and La both, is it was just like there was light coming out of the book, out of the Bible. You know, I think we think the uh, the Thai people are like so superstitious and scared of all of these things, but maybe they're just more s 
spiritually in tune and sensitive to things than us crusty-headed Americans. But, and so they start talking about how the light was, light was coming out of this and, and, and La, Pibang's younger sister, just couldn't take her eyes off of the Bible. And so she just starts kind of casually turning the pages and then she basically leads her sister to the Lord right there on the spot. And she said right away her skin was glowing, her face was lit up. And so La, La doesn't say anything to her family in Lampang about it. And she comes back to Lampang and they're like, what's different about you? Your countenance is light. You literally, your, your skin is, is a healthy color. It looks good. It glows. And then she tells them about Jesus. And then, um, this is a nut, that, that, when that happened actually, when Pibang prayed with her sister Lai, it was on Valentine's Day. It was just, it was the sweetest thing when, uh, Pibang called April. She's, I could hear the conversation. She's like, April, did I make a mistake? <laughs> April's like, that is the most wonderful thing. You couldn't have told me anything better. So, Valentine's Day is now a big day for, you know, for us for a number of reasons. I mean, April has always been a big day for her because of because of the hubs, right? You know what I mean? So, so no. And then uh, I'm trying to wrap it up here, but uh, the other, the woman on uh, Esther's, well, on our right with the red plaid, red and white plaid, her name is Bamim. And Bamim is Pibang's older sister. And Bamim got in a car accident a motorcycle accident and she it was a wreck on the property of a man that I think that had had died tragically and they're very superstitious about the fact that because it was a bad situation the owner of that property died so his spirit is there on that property and he ain't happy so she wrecks her motorcycle there and even days and weeks later, I believe it was like she still didn't properly heal from it. And she couldn't, she wouldn't like look any of even her family in the eyes. And they started to really be scared of her. They like were spooked out by her, which probably makes sense. But so she wasn't really physically healed all the way. And even just kind of like they were like, wow, did like they were even wondering if the spirit of that guy kind of was on her or whatever, regardless of what we believe or how we interpret that, Pibang's like, you know what, I, I have the answer for you, big sister, Bamim. And so she's, her family, Bamim's family doesn't want to sleep near her because they're spooking her out, right? But Pibang gets close to her and spends, I believe, that evening with her and she prays over her and then she wakes up in the morning. She says, she says, bang, bang, I'm back, I'm back. She's whole. And she was herself again. And I mean, you can see that her face is so bright. And so the, even the husbands of these, these, <laughs> the husbands are like, 
You need to believe in this God that, that, that has set you free. He's removed the burden from you. And so the Lord is doing a work there. And, it, you know, it, it, the layer of Buddhism is very, very thick. But God's granted us a work. He's told us this years ago. He said, I'm granting you a work of God that will be a, a, to a people that will take them from the beginning of spiritual things to the effectiveness of the ministry. From the onset to the effectiveness of the ministry. And so these people are at very basic levels of even understanding who God is. But we see things, progress happening and taking place. And he's not in this little picture, but his name is A.G. I guess like Assemblies of God. You know, I don't know, but A.G. So that's kind of how I remember it. But A.G. is how they say him. Not like he's edgy. You know, like, oh, he's, he's not in a good mood. No, I think it's A.G. But anyways, he's a little fella. He's, he's a little bit, well, what is he, eight, maybe 10 years old? Well, he looks like he's eight, but he's probably 12. So I, I was the same. But anyways, I don't want you guys to think, think I'm making fun of somebody that I've been in the same situation. So anyways, so A.G., uh, Peabong's been telling A.G. and his friends that come around, about creation, about who God is, and, and, and that he wants, to, A.G. wants to become a Christian. And so the gospel is being framed in a way, particularly in Lampang, in a way that has like very little uh, foreign influence in the way of, of an, a misunderstanding, of mis, like being misconstrued. Like, oh, those foreigners are just wanting to brainwash you or something. That can typically, that can happen in parts of the world that there's a lot of uh, missionaries or Christian influence. Where in Chiang Mai that you have to be, kind of have to approach it differently. Where in Lampang, a rural area, they're like, that's why the husbands are like, go ahead, be Christian. A.G., go ahead, stop being edgy and be a Christian, you know. So, and we see this happening and that's why when you guys think about us, when you're praying for us, we want to see a, a church happening. And I mean, a church is, the church is taking place. It's being established in Lampang. But Lord willing, a church building might be built there one day as we're seeing happen in Donkai. And that's the awesome thing that, that we get to see firsthand because you guys are investing in us. By you guys sacrificing time to pray for us and even finances, we're able to invest in these people to reach and teach them and to help them get the burdens removed, but also empower them to be able to tie on tie, help remove the burdens. And in that, that sacred invitation, as we're calling it, in, in the, the village of Donkai with the church building, in the village of Donkai, that's Pibang's heart, is to see the people have their burdens removed. Maybe they don't go to church. Maybe they don't go to the worship, but then they see the people come out. And, wow, I know that. I've known that guy for years, and he looks different. His burdens have been removed. That can only be Jesus. That's not the temple. So we ask you to be just praying for us, believing with us to see that come to pass. Um, we've also, uh, in, the, in the back of the foyer, there's a little sign-up sheet if you guys want to receive uh, email updates from us. We'll only 
email you about three or four times a week. It's not a big deal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe once or twice a month if you want to receive um, letters in the mail or something like that or brochures. Um, and we've got some of the brochures of this in the back too. Um, but we cannot say it enough. Thank you guys so much for your love, your prayers, and your, your giving. Thank you.